The winner is. 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 What's it like? It's in your luggage. Sometimes. That means sometimes. There can be a hundred people in a room. Maybe there is right now. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't know her. She always has these long lists of like diva demands. Cheetos and Doritos. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Yes. Hello, divas, divos, and divs. Welcome back to another episode of Diva Dailies. This is a podcast where we deconstruct divas on film, TV, and in music. I am your co-host, Steffi. But before we get into the episode and bring on the co-host of the pod, we have to do some housekeeping. Um, So if you're interested in following the pod, you can find us on social media. We're at Diva Daily's pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we're also on TikTok now. Oh, we're at Diva Daily's podcast, I believe. If that's wrong, I'll fix it in the next episode, but I'm pretty sure that's our username. Um, And then you can always email us, you know, the traditional way we're divadailiespod at gmail.com. And if you guys have been listening to us for quite some time, or maybe this is your first episode, we would really appreciate if you would take the time to give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and recommend the pod to a friend because we want to keep growing the diva agenda. Well, you guys, it's time for us to bring the co-host of the pod, onto the show. I hear some Jamaican horns. It must mean one thing. It's Angie. Hello, everybody. Got the extra deep, sultry voice today. (laughs) We have um, a psychic in our midst. It seems. But Angie, how are you? I'm doing good. Chill, you know? You know, it's been a couple of days since the Grammys. Maybe we've all simmered down a bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe the energy would have been different if we came on immediately following the Grammy telecast. Oh, no, my energy is still going to be the same. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, um, if you guys have been following us for some time, usually our upload day is either on a Wednesday or Thursday, but this episode is coming out a couple days later. So apologies for that. That's my fault because I had no internet for like the past two-ish days. We were literally going to record and then my internet cut out. So I just got it back. And now we're here. <laughs> yeah, you did. But you can't be all at fault because I, I was the first one to tap out. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. So we're both, you know, in the wrong. Yes. <laughs> Apologies, <Slacking>. listeners. <laughs> the devil may work hard, but Angie and I work harder because Period. we push back. Yeah. We show up. Even when our, our plans are thwarted, like Beyonce, yeah. we continue to show up. So... You guys can tell from the title that we are discussing the Grammys 2023. It's the aftermath. 
an autopsy, yes. if you will. But we have a couple of things to get into before we get to the bulk of the episode. So I just want to say, and this is this is true for every single episode of this podcast. Friendly reminder that there are episode timestamps in the description box. So if you want to specifically just listen to, you know, a Grammy discussion, you can find where that is in the episode. But it's there if you want it. I think listening to the entire episode is is worth it, if I do say so, because we we have some pretty good combo. You know, we try. Well, we, yeah. (laughs) Emphasis on we try. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into some listener feedback. Let's do it. Get into it. All right, so um, we actually recorded listener feedback for last week's premiere episode, but it was cut for time because Angie and I had a lot of diva headline news to discuss. So we're going to play some of that right now. All right, so some of these are actually a continuation from last season, obviously. So the first message I'm going to play is a voice message from Irish correspondent Kean. <laughs> So Kian sent in a message in regards to the Spice World, Spice Girls saga we did. You had a question of, wait, Kian, the first time you saw the Spice Girls, you had not really listened to Spice Girls or you weren't too Mm -hmm. familiar with their music. So this was Kian's response. So I just want to fill in the gaps, (laughs) set the record straight. So like all growing up, I kind of only knew like the Spice Girls singles. And yes, I did go to the concert, not fully knowing the full discography. Unfortunately, if my memory serves me right, I think I listened to like their little uh, Spotify, This Is Spice Girls playlist, something like that. And I quickly heard the other songs off the albums, but I didn't know them. I just heard them. So when they performed and played in the stadium they sounded familiar. My friend was like, do you know these? And I was like, oh yeah, kind of, not really though. But then it was just after the concert that my love and obsession skyrocketed. And then listening to the, the two albums all the way through and obviously over and over again. And that's why in 2022, they're my top artist. Surprise, surprise. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's still, it's hard for me to fathom people go to concerts without knowing. Like knowing deeply the. Yeah. I've only been to a couple concerts where I didn't know mm. catalogs and it was like an awkward experience for me because yeah. everybody's so hype around you yeah. and they're singing the songs. But that's, in- that's so interesting. Well, I understand Kian, like a concert can convert. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. When I saw Beyonce and Jay-Z in concert, okay, let's, let's guess which which oh, artist okay. oh. i was not really familiar <laughs> with the discography for people who weren't familiar with how they did their show essentially like beyonce would be out and then jay-z would be gone yeah. and then beyonce would pop down and jay-z would come back up <laughs> and then sometimes they'd like come together but then like one would right, pop right. down and the other one pop up like <laughs> so i remember the first time i saw them in concert every time jay-z was out i was like oh my god like i don't I don't like I've heard some of these songs, but I'm right, not right, familiar. Right. And then when Beyonce would come, I'd be like, yeah! <laughs> like it would be Let's very see. different. But after that concert, I'm not going to lie. I started listening to a lot of Jay-Z afterwards. Okay. And Convert then the it. second time came around and I was like prepared for the okay. Jay-Z section. I was like, yeah. 
I was like, Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer, son of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. Lucifer, Lucifer, son of the morning. I'm from the murder capital, where we murder for capital. People are like, I thought this was a diva podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kian, thanks for your message. And I mean, I think the important thing out of that entire experience is that you came out being a huge spice stan. So, boom. Period. There you go. Okay. Ooh, the next message we have is an email, and it's from Teddy. So this is also in response to our Spice Girls episode. So the title of the email is Scary Spice's Presence in Pop Music. Teddy says, hello, divas. It's me again. This whole episode on Spice Girls marketing and Mel B's perplexing position as a black girl in a pop girl group reminded me of their successor, Little Mix. Mm. Little Mix was a 2010s UK girl group. The group had four members. Two were white. One was Middle Eastern, Jade, and one was a black girl, Leanne, with mixed race ancestry. Leanne came out recently about how racism affected her during her time. In the group. The group disbanded in 2021. By the way, Normani went through the same thing with her group, Fifth Harmony, but I digress. A lot of controversy with Little Mix happened when one of her white bandmates kept blackfishing to the public's anger. It reached a fever pitch last year. This is a suggestion, but you guys should look into this group's marketing since it was heavily inspired by the Spice Girls, but it wasn't as successful. And their marketing in regards to race was tricky since half of the group was white and the other half were POCs. Though I should mention the Middle Eastern member could pass for white and made sure to look white so she wouldn't suffer any racism whilst in the group. And being an ex-mixer, I can attest to the racism that was very present there. Anyway, this is just a recommendation. Thanks for hearing me out. Yes, a little mix. I'm familiar with some of their music, but not like by name. Yeah. If I heard it, I'm be like, oh, isn't that the little mix record? Yeah. Right. But I knew them. Because a lot of my high school kids, they knew Little Mix. They were Mm. listening to Little Mix. All of that stuff. And then the controversy around, I forgot her name, the white chick who's blackfishing. Oh, wait, is that Jade, I think is her name? Let's see. Let's let's make sure. If I see her face, I think I can tell Jade, Little Mix. Little Mix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Jade. Um, Let's see. No. Or wait, no, Jerry. No. Wait, Jesse Nelson. Jesse, Jesse. They. Why do they look the same? I, I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Jesse. Don't they look the same to you? <laughs> Jesse, it's Jesse. What the hell? That was crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. If you Google their pictures, yeah, this I just picture did. of Jade and Jesse look exactly <laughs> the same. It's a very strange. Yeah. Oh my god. What the? It's hell? Jesse for sure. Jesse. Yeah. Okay. When that debacle came out. A little backstory. Jesse did a song with Nicki Minaj and she was definitely Yes. Very much tanned, on the cusp of black fishing, definitely appropriating black culture, all of that stuff. And then Nicki Minaj, she was already in hot water for a bunch of other stuff. And then she came in defense of Jesse and then was like calling out the other girls of Little Mix. It was it was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. It screams just insecurity. It screams that you're jealous. Only jealous people do things like this. And now you just look like a big jealous bozo. Please stop. I love you guys. I love all of y'all. But please don't do this. Yeah, but the the conversation around 
black members in predominantly white groups is a tricky one. And I feel like, has there been an issue? I don't think I've seen like a boy band with this type of dynamic. Usually like girl bands, girl groups. Do you know if like any boy band off the top of your head that had like one black guy in a sea of white guys? No. I, that's why I feel like it's like a girl group thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting topic. I'm sure we could spend hours and hours just dissecting the racism within these kinds of group dynamics, you know? Did you ever watch that documentary that Leanne came out with during like the height of yeah. Black Lives Matter? I saw parts of it. I don't know if it's still there on YouTube, but someone had uploaded it on YouTube and it was like really yeah. sad. Yeah. The beginning of that documentary, it shows them meeting with fans. Right. They're like hiding and then interviewers are like, who's your favorite member? And no one ever said Leanne. And it was just like, oh my God, this is so sad. They did a radio tour. We got off the plane and there were some fans standing waiting for us. And I was the first to kind of walk up to them. And they just walked past me. I went to the other girls. Like, it was so weird. I saw the, the heartbreaking parts that hit Twitter. And I was just like, oh, shoot, that was crazy. It was never like someone racially abusing me. It's just like little things that happen regularly. All of these, all of these little feelings, if you can imagine, they just built up, built up, built up. And it was something that I could never fully explain. Yeah, it's like crazy that when you think about it, Mel B was able to really like be fully herself in the Spice Girls. And to think like that was during the 90s. Yeah. You know, and then these other girl groups came afterwards and it's like they struggled. But maybe that was also kind of because the Spice Girls marketing was all about like, let them be who they are. Yeah. Whereas with other girl groups, it's like, they kind of have to confine to a unified look. Absolutely. I think what was Mel B's saving grace in the Spice Girls was the fact that she came out in an era where R&B was king. Hip hop was like mm. in its prime. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. when we talk about these other girl groups, especially Little Mix, Fifth Harmony, R&B mm. is not king. So it wasn't cool to be the black chick in the group. Right. Yeah. It's just like yeah. you're there. Right. Mm-hmm. When the big acts are white and you're trying to have the R&B sound without the blackness. Like that's the mm-hmm. era of Little Mix and Fifth Harmony. But the Spice yeah. Girls, they were competing against TLC and SWV yeah. and En Vogue. And like, right. It's the night Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Mariah. So, yeah. Like actually like having a black girl in your group was like kind of a plus yes absolutely absolutely and they kind of gave you like a bit of like quote-unquote like street cred right and the edge and the and the edge yeah 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 the edge yeah Yeah. so and plus like their sound too like we discussed in those episodes like leaned heavily on black music i mean they're pretty much an r&b group yeah backstreet boys yeah you know Mm -hmm. so even though like how she got her name was kind of racist right like her just being the cool, like flamboyant, right. the flamboyant member in the group. She just was seen as like the cool one, you know, she was the cool Spice Girl. And like the thing too, with like the way she expressed herself, you could tell like she was totally being who she was and she wasn't trying to be like a version of absolutely like blackness that she thought was cool. Like absolutely. you could just tell like, oh, that's Mel B. Yeah. So. And it was like the perfect embodiment of like her version of like black British being. Shout out to Mel B. 
I feel like she's a bit underrated. Absolutely. In terms of like her impact in like pop culture and girl groups. Absolutely. I absolutely will million percent agree. I'm sure Melby would love to come on the pod <laughs> to speak about that. Let's make it happen. Melby, this is your invitation. Let's make it happen. <laughs> or maybe we could get Melby adjacent Phoenix, her daughter who's yes. been dressing up like Melby yes. in the interim. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thanks, Teddy, always for your thoughtful emails. Love that. And we also have another email. This person wants to remain anonymous. Okay. Should we give like anonymous people like a name? Let's name them Gossip Girl. Okay. This is an email from Gossip Girl. Steffi and Angie, I recently discovered your podcast through the Whitney episodes, which I have been listening to on repeat. I absolutely love the dynamic you two bring and the way you balance each other's energy. Steffi, the rabid fanatic inside of all of us, and Angie's grounded, sultry wisdom. I purchased Robin Crawford's book after listening and have been blown away by learning this new aspect of Whitney. I mean, if (laughs) that's going to do it for you, there you go. Gossip Girl continues and says, I'm a huge mariah stan lamb and have to commend you on the incredible work you did on reviewing butterfly it's one of my favorite albums and the way you broke it down with the research is just incredible forever grateful for the education you're providing on my two favorite divas the jeter backstory to the album gives it new life for me the roof song and video were my fave before but after knowing it's about Derek, gives a whole new meaning P.S. Steffi, your 4th of July video vision needed to happen. Perfection. Keep up the good work, ladies. Wow. Gossip Girl also said, I forgot to add lovable to your descriptors. Talking about me. And then said, thanks for the incredible editing and adding the clips of songs and interviews for references. It's greatly appreciated. You're doing the Lord's work. Much love and respect. XOXO, Gossip Girl. (laughs) Listen, the one thing that Steffi's going to do is have the receipts each and every single time okay <laughs> always i'm like timestamps. angie where did you get right. this info for the interview i need you to reflect yes. and ruminate and send the link to me she's like don't be lying we we need the receipts yeah. we need the receipts <laughs> yes. the people need to know and there was a lot of yeah. interview clips on that butterfly yes episode. also too I'm, I'm happy that you you guys loved the mariah episodes because the stress that we had going into the butterfly episodes. Yes. Let me tell you. Anytime we talk about Mariah on here, I'm always like, oh my. but I think, I feel like butterfly was probably the most, I feel like intimidating. I think the other ones will be doable after doing butterfly. Yeah, exactly. Well, cause that's like considered her magnum opus. Yeah. You know, and that was such a turning point in her life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I I love Mariah, but I don't consider myself a lamb. Right. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, all right. I know. <laughs> There's gonna be stuff that we miss. I know it. But if we got a seal of approval from from a lamb, boom, must have been good. We did that. We did that. Period. And then we have some reviews. Oh my goodness. So this was exciting because we had a goal last year. We did of fifty reviews. We did on Apple Pod. What was it? 10. I feel like the number 10 was in there. Somewhere. Yes. On Spotify? Yeah. 10 on Spotify or something like that. Some, I don't know. We had goals. But the fact of the matter is we actually <laughs> reached our goals last year. Yeah, we did. Because 
on December 23rd, we got our 50th review. Boom. Boom. So here we go. <laughs> the title of this review on Apple Pod is number 50, and it's a five-star review. This is from AJ. This person writes, Diva, Steffi, and Angie, loving the research, the sass, the style, the vibes, the hot takes, and conspiracy theories. Started with the Spice Girls anthology on the recommendation of the other Mel B, parentheses, Bates, and started moving through the other hits. Keep doing you, Divas. Love the content. Yes. Five-star review. Period. <laughs> it's a five-star experience. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, AJ. And thank you to the other Mel B, my friend, Melanie Bates. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Melanie. From now on, we're always going to refer to my friend Melanie as the other Mel B. The Mel B universe. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then our last review, it's not really a review, but it's more of a comment, but we still got a review. So here we go. We're going to read it. Let's do it. This is from All About Angelo. The title of the review is Destiny's Child slash Cassie Connection. This person wrote, not a review, but a fun fact. Destiny's Child's t-shirts and cassie's kiss has the same production it's hard to outdo anything with beyonce on it but i think the track suits cassie better still a five-star review it's a five-star experience but what are your thoughts angie on that comment i i have to listen to that song again she'll get back to you on that <laughs> uh, yeah i'm gonna after we, we done we're done recording i'm gonna sit down and listen to the song. The next episode, I got you. <laughs> okay, follow up. Yes. We'll follow up on this. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I know that was a lot. But we've been gone for quite some time. Yeah. So the people needed to be heard. Absolutely. And we're back. Because we also got some recent feedback concerning today's topic. Yes. But also concerning some newish diva headline news. Ooh. Spice Girls. So, speaking of Beyonce, the Renaissance Tour. Oh, Lord. Tickets. Yeah. Are. Ooh, insane. They're going on sale right now. Angie, are you going? Have you seen the ticket prices? No, that is like three months worth of rent. <laughs> no. Well, speaking of that, we got our Beyonce correspondent of the pod, Miss Danielle, if you guys remember her from last season. She is actually going kudos to her for dropping the money because them tickets were wild she actually dm'd me so i want to and i asked her if it was okay if i could read the message that she sent me so i'm gonna read the message that she sent me on instagram let's do it danielle dm'd me and said last 24 hours have been stressful but somehow managed to get pit tickets to both chicago shows i had to drop the equivalent of about Three plus months of my mortgage. But for me, no regrets. You can expect your Beyonce correspondent to provide some live coverage of the shows for the podcast. And then she sent a gif of me after getting my tickets. And it's literally Jackie Chan emerging from like disaster. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danielle, yeah. 
Thank you. You are going on our behalf. Yes, because like I said, them ticket prices were absolutely insane. Do you follow Kalen on Twitter? What he just dropped? Oh, my God. Literally, it was like almost $5,000 for one ticket. Okay, so if you guys don't know who Kalen is, Kalen Allen, he was like a personality that would appear on The Ellen Show at times. Mm-hmm. And he is apparently a really big Beyonce fan. And he was tweeting up the wazoo yeah. about the struggle of trying to get Beyonce tickets. And he finally tweeted, the saga is over. P.S. Nobody better ever fix their fingers to say I'm not a real fan. Let's break down how much he spent. He's going to the New Jersey show. Okay, so his... Pure slash honey on stage riser tickets were $3,757 American dollars. And then the service processing fee was $556.05 plus the order processing fee, which was $5.25 for a total of $4,000. Three hundred eighteen dollars and thirty cents, and I don't even think those are like the best tickets. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Because I think was it Club Renaissance was like the the best area, which was like I think standing only. Yeah. But those were running like almost two grand, two to three grand. I'm sure they were even more expensive if that's what he paid, and he's going to the New Jersey show. Probably. Can you imagine if you were paying for the tickets in L.A. or New York? Right. Right. Oh, my God. I. It's a no for me. I'm sorry. Oh, and I, I just looked up this follow up tweet. He's going again. He's going for two nights. Oh, no. <laughs> that is almost 10,000. No, that's a no for me. You know, uh-uh. I'm not going to lie. If I had that disposable income like that, I would drop it, too, because I've seen Beyonce live and she's worth every penny. So <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has it. But. Me, myself, and I, right now, as of now, yeah, I wouldn't spend that money to go see Janet. I'm still debating on these Janet tickets. Oh, my God. I No. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, okay. That is. When I saw Beyonce for the Mrs. Carter World Tour, then again, this was, like, almost 10 years ago. Like, it was 2013. Yeah. Las Vegas. I got the tickets that were, like, it was standing only. Yeah. Like on the ground. Right, right, and right. And we had an additional thing where you could get there early. Mm-hmm. We only paid $350 for that. Dang. And you were right there at the stage. I was right there in the front. Ladies, let me tell you, Beyonce posted an audience shot of our show. And you could literally see me and my friend holding our poster in the front. Okay. <laughs> we were in the literal effing front. I made eye contact with Beyonce several times, $350 in Vegas. And then in 2016, I saw Beyonce at the Formation World Tour. And this is a very long-winded story, but we initially did Beehive Mm. tickets, like the Beehive Pit. We were on the side. Right, right. Because there's always a portion in most of Beyonce's shows where she like goes to the side and she'll like have her hand out and like interact. And sometimes she'll like wipe her sweat and like throw the... We were going to be in that section. Right. But then I knew someone who somehow got their seat upgraded and then they upgraded our seats. So we were at the very front, like literally in the very front. Yeah. In the center. Wow. For our Beehive Pit tickets for formation, we paid $800. Oh, each? Each, 800 for one ticket. Oh, 
My Lanta. But that is nothing compared to how much it is I to know. go see her now. I know. The $800 ticket equivalent, people are paying that to sit in the fucking back. I know. That's the crazy part. That's wild. I would never. I would never. Yeah. No. The most I've spent on a ticket was $400. And that was to see Janet in Vegas mm. for Metamorphosis. Mm. And I was like, ooh, that was a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And that's <laughs> like, just the ticket. That's just the ticket. That's just the ticket. You haven't even bought merch yet. Bro. You haven't paid for the gas to get to the venue and the parking. There were some people who did it a very smart way. They bought tickets in Europe. Oh. And they were just like, if I'm going to spend two grand, three grand, right. I might as well buy 200 euro tickets. Because the tickets were way cheaper in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, people were getting really, really good seats for only 200 euro. Wow. They were paying like 150 euro, 200 euro. That's equivalent to like $250, $300. Wow. And they were just like, we're just going to go to Paris for the weekend, Amsterdam for the weekend. Damn. I was like, that's smart. Were they people who lived in Europe and they were no oh they were from a like they live in america the, yeah, or the us yeah wow and they're about to fly out just to like go see the tour damn i guess but then it's also like at the end of it all like yeah your ticket is cheaper over there but how much is the flight gonna be there and back and then the hotel if you're gonna stay and then you have to eat and then all of that i don't know maybe it adds up i feel like if they get the ticket now the ticket could be like 800 dollars round trip to go to paris or Amsterdam. So 800, we're at 1100, 1150, right? Mm -hmm. We're still mad cheap. If you eat some salad and some regular schmegler street food, wow. You could you could do it. I'm just saying you could you could do it. It's possible. And it'd be cheaper than the $8,000 that Kaylin just dropped for New Jersey tickets. I will say though that's a lot of fucking work Bruh. for you to go see Beyoncé. You're going to get on a how long is the flight from america to europe like 11 the time or difference eight hours or something like that i mean you gotta do that legwork when you're a beyonce <laughs> fan <laughs> either way you're gonna be dropping mad money in america or i'm gonna be dropping mad money in europe i might as well take a trip to go to europe it's just so crazy how expensive ticket prices are specifically in america because why why there is no reason why a service fee is damn near 600 the service processing fee is ridiculous that is like a scam that's it's, a scam it's, it's a literal scam because there's a computer that does it in 2.5 seconds draws it up <laughs> like come on now come on now well danielle we're excited for you and yes for anyone honestly because there's a lot of people who are going on tour like we said janet madonna beyonce taylor swift i think Florence and the Machine just announced they were going yeah. on tour too. If you guys are going to any diva tours this year, we want you to send us like your audio from the concert. Like yeah. dead ass how Irish correspondent Kean, did you listen to that? His message? Yeah. He literally recorded himself and said, "This is Keen reporting live from the George in Dublin city, Ireland, where Melcy is performing live." Currently, who do you think you are? Absolutely amazing. We want that yes. energy, listeners, <laughs> because the divas, they're, they're touring. So we want to yeah. feel part of that, too. Right. But, Danielle, we're so excited for you. And please keep us updated on your Absolutely. Beyonce 
concert journey. For sure. Yes. Well, speaking of Beyonce, we're going to talk Grammys 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> Angie, did you watch it live? No. Oh, you didn't watch it live? No. I No. Oh, my God. I didn't. I was like keeping up with kind of what was happening via Twitter. Yeah. But I haven't watched the Grammys live since like 2015. Mm. Like it's been a hot second. It's a long ass show. Let me tell you. It is a long show. Boring show. I just got to say that. Yeah. Long and boring. And I was like, Lord. (laughs) Well. Just give me the winners. (laughs) I made the effort to watch it live this year. Good job. I normally don't really do that, but I did make the effort because I wanted to see Beyonce win. (laughs) That was the main thing. But also because the day before, I listened to every single album that was nominated for album of the year. Really? I listened to every single one. So I had some like level of emotional investment there. So I was like, you know what? I did all this work. I want to watch it live. That makes it. And let me tell you, listeners, I'm now in the province of the Philippines. I mean, I guess it depends on which province you're living in. But the province I'm living in is like very remote, obscure. Right. And I flipped through 100 channels on the TV and it was not playing here. So then <laughs> over the course of the entire Grammy telecast, I went through three different what live stream links i was that dedicated i was first on a twitch stream from portugal wow don't know how i found it but i did and then it cut out in the middle and then i found another live stream on youtube from new york wow but then that cut out and then that cut out right before they were going to announce album of the year oh so i had to hustle really fast oh yeah i know you were scrambling i was scrambling i was like no 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 this is not This is not going to happen. I want to witness, or what I thought I was going to witness. I wanted to witness history. But I eventually found that third live stream on Twitch. And uh, yeah, I, um, well, I definitely saw something happen. (laughs) Um, Well, before we get into that, um, Angie, do you have any, like, highlights did you watch anything after the winners were announced did you like go back and try watching speeches or i don't know yeah i saw i saw the whole thing i said and watched the whole thing um like the day after oh okay it was, it's on paramount plus oh you have paramount plus i do I <gasps> am one of oh the my god few. i'm so fascinated with the people of paramount plus <laughs> i even tweeted who has Paramount Plus? <laughs> and several people responded to me and they were like, oh yeah, I have it. Yeah. Yellowstone is apparently on there. It's a huge show. I'm a big fan of Chicago Fire. So that's oh. literally the only reason I have it. And the Nickelodeon, they got classic Nickelodeon. All that. Oh. Ren and Stimpy. I heard they have Big Brother too and Amazing Race. Yeah. I got all of that. Wow. So I actually did try making a Paramount Plus account. That was going to be my first thing. I tried doing that. I turned on my VPN, but it was blocking me because it knew I was on a VPN. Oh, so I couldn't do that. Bro. Yeah. So that's why I was resorting to live streams. But I would recommend Paramount if you like classic stuff. They got the classic MTV stuff. Oh, true life, real world. Mm. That's the only reason why I got Paramount. But and we would like to thank today's sponsors, Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount Plus. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing. 
but yeah, I saw it on Paramount. I was genuinely bored. Mm. I literally was like, my gosh. But the highlight for me was the hip hop tribute. Oh, yes. I was so pissed my live stream cut out right as it was starting and then I found a new one and it was Missy Elliott oh oh my goodness so I at least saw like from that point on yeah but I missed the beginning and I was really upset I was like fucking hell but I did find out that hip-hop and I have the same birthday You're like, we're twins. Great. Great job. Yeah. The genre of <laughs> hip hop music and I, we're both Leos and we share the same birthday. So, oh my you gosh. know, Leo things. The hip hop genre would be a Leo. <laughs> you said as a whole, it feels Leo to me. Yeah, it feels Leo to me. <laughs> but OK, well, for me, highlights, it wasn't on the actual aired part of the Grammy telecast. I think it was like the pre-Grammy show. But Viola Davis, who also shares the same birthday as me and the genre of hip-hop music. (laughs) (laughs) She's an EGOT winner now. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I wrote this book to honor the six-year-old Viola, to honor her, her life, her joy, her trauma, everything. And it has just been such a journey. I just EGOT. She got the the Grammy for reading her audio book, her memoir. Yeah. I think if my understanding is correct, she quotes that very famous line from the first season of How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. She was like, why is your penis in a dead girl's phone? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently she read that line in the memoir, and now that's a Grammy-winning line. That's a Grammy-winning dialogue, you guys. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Why is your penis on a dead girl's phone? But um, congrats to Viola. Yes. I really liked their In Memoriam segment. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. I like the way they did it this year because they kind of had like different people come on for specific sections. Right. To like highlight a particular person. But then there were also like pictures of other Other people people. who had passed away. I thought that was really nice. I liked Casey Musgraves performance was really good. She opened that. That was nice. Well, I was born a coal miner's daughter. Cabin on a hill in Butcher Holler. We were poor, but we had love. That's the one thing that daddy made sure of. He shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar. I heard Brandy Carlisle was really good, but I missed hers. She was, yeah, she was cool. I mean, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. But I think. I was like kind of over the Grammys. Mm. I just was like, all right, let's get through this. Yeah. Outside of hip hop. Yeah. There was no performance that like wowed me where I was like, well, we have to talk about this. This was the performance. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised because Mary J. Blige performed too. And I was like, this is beautiful gowns. (laughs) Beautiful gowns. (laughs) It was, it was was a cute performance. It was, it was good. Mm -hmm. Very much giving 
traditional R&B, mm. you know. But if you've seen Mary J. Blige in the past do other award show performances, like No yeah. More Drama, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. like you know the energy she could bring. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she brought it, but it was like, I've seen way more dynamic performances from her. Mm. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Every time I see her, I always think of that. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Miss Mary J. Blige. Oh, Whitney. Okay. Um, well, how do we do this? Okay. Um, well, okay. With the Grammys, you have your genre category mm-hmm. wins, right? We're not going to go through every single category, okay? We're not, do- we're not doing that on this <laughs> podcast. We're going to just, like, talk about the big ones. Yeah. But the big... Three categories are record of the year, song of the year, and then album of the year. Yeah. Let's talk about song of the year. Song of the year. Because that was announced first. Yes. So song of the year nominated was Adele, Easy On Me, Beyonce, Break My Soul, Bonnie Raitt, Just Like That, DJ Khaled, and Friends. <laughs> God did. <laughs> Gail, ABCDEFU, Harry Styles, As It Was. Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit, and Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-Minute Version, the short film. And surprise, surprise, Bonnie Raitt, Just Like That, one song of the year. Just like that your life can change if I hadn't looked away. My boy might still be with me now He'd be 25 today No knife can carve away the stain No drink can drown regret They say Jesus brings you peace and grace Well, he ain't found me yet Yeah let me, let me not throw shade because she's a great artist. Yeah. But what? I've said this before. The Grammys is shady. They are a shady institution because what? I I hadn't heard of this song. I personally, I don't, I don't hate that she won. Oh, okay. Okay. I was actually like very moved that she won because she felt like an underdog in the That's category. True. Okay. Not because like, you know, she's obviously she's a legend. Yeah. But in comparison to these younger artists like right. Harry Styles and Lizzo and Taylor Swift, like there were literally people on Twitter that were like, who the fuck is Bonnie Raitt? And I was like, That's well, true. open Google. Okay. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, I was, I was like really moved because like, I mean, everyone was shocked and like she looked really yeah. shocked. She, sh- she was definitely shocked. I don't know. Like there was something about her acceptance speech where I felt like she had a lot of gratitude because right. especially as you get older in music it's hard yeah absolutely and especially as a woman it's hard yeah I mean like you I hadn't heard of the song but I was like you know what I'm moved I'm touched Bonnie Raitt you go girl I'm so surprised I don't know what to say this is just an unreal moment thank you for honoring me to all the academy that surrounds me with so much support and appreciates the art of songwriting as I do. Thank you so much. I'm just totally humbled. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, see, I can agree with that. The moment was cute. The moment. I was like, okay. The moment was absolutely cute. 
Well, I was also not jaded until, because I was still very open at this point. I was like, anything is possible, you guys. Anything is possible. Song of the Year just went to Bonnie Raitt. Also, prior to watching the Grammys, but after listening to every single album of the year nominated, okay? Yeah. When I got to Brandy Carlisle's album, I hadn't even finished it, but I tweeted and I was like, I have a feeling that if Beyonce's not going to win, Brandy Carlisle may be the upset. So when Bonnie Raitt won, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this might happen. I was like, oh, <laughs> look at that. This is giving Bonnie Raitt. She, <laughs> she's coming. <laughs> but we're not there yet. We're not there. Should we move on to record of the year? Record of the year. This is the other big one. Yeah. Okay. So record of the year nominated was ABBA, Don't Shut Me Down, Adele, Easy On Me. Beyonce Break My Soul, Brandy Carlisle featuring Lucius You and Me on The Rock, Doja Cat Woman, Harry Styles As It Was, Kendrick Lamar The Heart Part 5, Lizzo About Damn Time, Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, and Steve Lacey Bad Habits, and Cardball, Lizzo's about damn time yeah one record of the year yeah and it marked history because i think that was the first time an african-american woman had won for record of the year since whitney houston won <laughs> in what is that 94 yeah for you know the body bodyguard era all of that so turn up the music turn down the lights about damn time Lizzo (laughs) and that's crazy to think about that like we've had Beyonce since then we've had TLC we've had Lauryn Hill we've had we've had Rihanna we've had Rihanna we've had like all of these like Janet very worthy Mariah yeah Mariah Mariah Emancipation of Mimi we've had all these fucking amazing black women very worthy deserving and we're not even just like saying random black women who you know they're titans of the music industry yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like i was just silence (laughs) especially especially in an era in the late 90s where r&b was king yeah and then we get to the early 2000s r&b still on top and then we get to the mid 2000s and even though R&B is kind of trickling out, it's still yeah. on top. And then even in the EDM era, black artists were still doing the EDM thing on yeah. top. Listen, Grammys is shady. That's all I got to say. But it's about damn time. It is about damn time. I was I was happy for Lizzo. Yeah. She had a little moment. I loved her speech. Yeah. It was cute. When we lost Prince, I decided to dedicate my life to making positive music. And um, <laughs> I was like, I don't care if my positivity bother you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and this was at a time when positive music and feel good music wasn't mainstream at that point. And I felt very misunderstood. I felt on the outside looking in, but I stayed true to myself because I wanted to make the world a better place. So I had to be that change to make the world a better place. Um, 
And now I look around and there's all these songs that are about loving our bodies and feeling comfortable in our skin and feeling fucking good. And I'm just so proud to be a part of it because in a world where there's a lot of darkness and a lot of scary shit, <laughs> um, I'd like to believe that not only can people do good, but we just are good. We are good inherently. I watched her speech with my parents and now my mom and dad like love Lizzo. Oh. They're like, oh, we like her. She's so fun. She's a great artist. I understand her music is not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go to a Lizzo concert yeah. and be like, woo, Lizzo. But anything that she does, I'm supporting it. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I support Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm here for it. Her and Adele looked like they were having the best time ever. Oh, absolutely. I would want to be at their table. They look like they were having the most fun. I know. Oh. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Me and Adele having a good time just enjoying ourselves, just rooting for our friends. So this is an amazing night. You know how it's like a trend now with the award shows that they just keep cutting to the audience? Yeah. Let's stop cutting to Taylor Swift and Please. let's start cutting to Adele. Yes, because she's so expressive. Because yes. she gives the best reactions. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Absolutely. <laughs> but now, um, ooh, let's get into it. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> album of the year. Yes. Let's just list the nominees. ABBA, Voyage, Adele, 30, Bad Bunny, Un Verano Sinti, Beyonce, Renaissance, Brandy Carlisle, In These Silent Days, Coldplay, Music of the Spheres, Harry Styles, Harry's House, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Lizzo Special, and Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, <laughs> Deluxe. And the winner, as announced by the elderly woman fan, was <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles! <laughs> Angie, you predicted this, mm-hmm. um, maybe jokingly, I don't know. Uh, but you 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 predicted this, yeah. listeners. If you go back to our Beyonce Renaissance episodes, and specifically in our part two episode, there's a moment where Angie and I talk about Beyonce's chances of winning Album of the Year. Okay, so let's talk awards. Angie, do you think she's going to get nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys? I mean, maybe. She would be up against Adele 30 if yeah. Adele gets that. Oh album of the year nomination it would be another beyonce versus adele if that happens they'll give it they might give it to harry (laughs) or bts or (laughs) the grammys are very shady we underestimate the shadiness of the grammys here we are Mm -hmm. yes because one thing we can count on from the grammys they do not like beyonce in the in the big categories. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about that for a second yes. too. So Beyonce made history. Yes. Because she is now the most awarded winning yeah. most winning mm-hmm. individual in Grammy history. Mm-hmm. But 
And this is not to take away anything from Beyonce, obviously, but there's like a huge asterisk in that. Has she ever won in any of the... We know she hasn't won Album of the Year. I she think she won... won. Does she won? Has she won? I don't think she's won Record of the Year. Wait, let's see. Beyonce Record of the Year. I know she was nominated. She's um, definitely been nominated. She's won Song of the Year. For? She won Song of the Year in 2010 for Single Ladies. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. But still majority of those wins were not in the major categories they they've been urban urban oh my god please don't remind me when she won best urban album for lemonade <laughs> bruh <laughs> bruh <laughs> um and i feel like i this i'm is like frozen in time <laughs> This is not me shading Beyonce right now, but it feels like a lot of her wins in the later eras have been throwaway wins, if that makes sense. Mm. Like she won a Grammy for Black Parade. Black Parade. Black mm. Black Parade. <laughs> I've listened to it once, but I've never like intensely listened to it ever again. One of her worst songs. And it's like, oh, let's just give it a Grammy. What? what she has grammy worthy content yeah she could have still gotten her grammys with yeah. like getting other awards rightfully so instead of a lot of these it feels like throwaway awards to me i feel i wonder if they're just giving her like these quote-unquote like throwaway grammy wins because they're not willing to award her the big ones yes that's what it feels like absolutely this is so fucked i just i want to just say i love beyonce okay i will give the first time she lost album of the year like i, I wasn't really invested in that yeah grammy cycle but let me tell you ever since self-titled mm -hmm. lemonade and now renaissance for the past 10 years yep i've always made it a point to to make sure i was in front of a screen showing the grammys <laughs> and to see her for the past 10 years consistently turn in worthy award-winning music yeah and every single time she shows up to the grammy she's not someone who's like well the grammys fucking hate me so i'm not gonna i'm gonna stop showing up no she she shows up every single time yeah and to have to see her clap to when other people win when she should she should be getting these awards it's like it's honestly like really demoralizing just as a person, I'm not even saying this as a Beyonce fan, just as a person to watch someone consistently work and show up yep. and get played in in their face time and time again. It's like it's so upsetting to see because it's not fair. It's not fair because this is racist. It's it racist. It, no, <laughs> it absolutely is. Like generally when we talk about an artist dropping an album of the year, we talk about like what it has done right when we're talking mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. album of the year outside of the grammys we're like how did it transcend culture right right how yeah, did yeah. it move the culture what did it do for music that year right yeah and every time we've talked about beyonce when she has been nominated self-titled she literally changed drop dates yes like, when albums drop from tuesday to friday and how people promote their albums too a surprise using album. social media no one had done that then she moves from that and i'm not even gonna lie like i said i'm not a hardcore beyonce fan 
But yeah. e- even I was like, I don't know how she's going to transcend self-titled. That was that was an era. Then yeah, Lemonade drops. Now, despite however I feel about Lemonade, mm-hmm. Lemonade, when that shit dropped, everybody moved. Every everybody moved. Yeah, right. Yeah, that short film did so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the era of 25. Yeah. It was doing what it was supposed to do. Nothing had moved the culture quite like that. And then here we are in the Renaissance era. And none of the albums that were listed moved music, moved the culture like, well, I could argue for Bad Bunny. Mm. If Bad Bunny had won, I wouldn't have been upset mm-hmm. because that boy. He's been doing things, right? Mm-hmm. But even sonically, I'm going to confidently say this. I haven't listened to like every single album yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. But Renaissance was a brilliant album. Masterful. It was a masterpiece. As someone who did listen to every single album nominated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not like Angie. I always default to Angie's musical knowledge. So I'm, I'm not at the same level as her. But I want to say too, I listened to Adele's 30, Beyonce's Renaissance, and Harry Styles' Harry's House like prior to my my marathon. Yeah. So I knew those albums really well. And then the other ones I listened to the first time. Yeah. But even with that being said, the level of craftsmanship oh, behind Beyonce's yeah album yeah it's not even comparable yeah. like the transitions alone That's what... are grammy worthy. worthy the transitions and sequencing alone Bro. on the album were grammy worthy because like that's the thing too did you read that article that came out i, I forget which publication it was but like they had asked grammy voters like yeah who are yeah. you voting for yes. why and it was like an anonymous thing and there was someone in there that was like basically they weren't gonna vote for beyonce because they didn't want to succumb to the pressure of feeling that they needed to vote for Beyonce because she's Beyonce. She's Beyonce. You know what I mean? But like, even with that being said, like if you just look at the work, you look at the work, you look at the music, Renaissance, it's just so well-crafted. Like that's what an album means, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also for me, when I think about album of the year, I also take in how the artist has changed Mm. within this album era. So if we were to compare what could have been the big showdown, which is Beyonce versus Adele. Yeah. Like Adele, even though 30 is amazing, she's giving Adele. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a new age Adele. We get a little bit more pop side. Yeah. But she hasn't moved away from the Adele brand. Right. Too far. Beyonce she's never given this to us Mm -hmm. and then there's no visuals yeah this is like first era since when forever yeah since probably she debuted in Destiny's Child where she doesn't have music videos yeah she just let the album speak for itself Mm -hmm. she had traditional remixes Mm -hmm. and she was like here this is what it is that was it the feeling that I had when I first heard the album it was un- unlike any of the albums that I had heard out of that category. I just, I feel like for me, the goalposts as to the reasons why Beyonce is not winning album of the year, they keep changing. 
and that it's frustrating because I remember when she yeah. when she didn't win album of the year for self-titled people were like oh well that album was like you know the only thing that made it special was the surprise and it's like it wasn't like artistic and blah 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 it's not like yeah. Beck it's not like Beck so it's like okay yeah. well then she does Lemonade and like that's such a personal album for Beyonce she'd never yeah. made a personal album like that before right. but then when she lost it was like well it wasn't it wasn't doing the same numbers as Adele 25 so it's like okay well now she's not commercial enough right. and then she's like over here comes back with renaissance and it's like that album is still relevant yeah still relevant like you said even without the visuals yeah the music is speaking for itself so people can't hold that against her right and now what what's the what's the fucking reason now it's not harry styles i'm i'm really irritated and annoyed yeah i liked that harry styles album i'm not gonna pretend to be like well fuck that <laughs> harry styles album. i liked that harry styles album but in comparison to beyonce's renaissance please like like the lyricism alone. Yeah. Oh my god. The lyricism alone. Not just Beyonce, but like Adele's lyricism on thirty yeah. is a lot Oh my gosh. Adele's thirty and Beyonce. I'm, I'm saying those two because I know them really yeah. well and I know Harry's album like fairly yeah. well. So I'm gonna compare those three specifically. But the level of sophistication yeah. that Adele's thirty and Beyonce's Renaissance have is like leaps and bounds Absolutely. more than Harry. Absolutely. And that's not that's not shade. Like I'm just stating facts. No. And it's also largely because Harry Styles is still a young guy. Yeah. He doesn't have the life experience that these women have. Like, yeah. I feel like any other young male pop artist right now that's kind of in the Harry Styles wheelhouse, they could have made songs like that. Yep. You know? Absolutely. No one could have made the album that Beyonce made. Sorry. No, nobody. No, not a single soul. Like you said earlier, it definitely goes back to racism because when was the last time? A black woman, one album of the year. There's only been three. There's only been three. Natalie Cole, Whitney Houston, and Lauryn Hill. And that all happened in the 90s. And guess what albums dropped? Which is still shocking because we've talked about the Butterfly album. We've talked about Janet's Velvet yeah, Rope. Velvet Rope. You know? Yeah. Janet alone. Rhythm Nation. <laughs> Janet. Yeah. The Velvet Rope. And then yeah. we haven't even talked about Mariah. Like, it's, it's crazy insane how Mariah has most number one songs and has yet to have record of the year. Like how insane is that? That's insane that Mariah Carey has yet to win a record or song of the year. This like what? That's the thing. I'm like, I don't know. Like why are the goal, the goalposts keep changing when it comes to black women in music? Because at the end of the day, this award show is not for black people. It is for white artists. And that's the truth of the matter. That's why a Harry Styles could win over a project like Beyonce. That's why Renaissance was categorized in the way that it was. It should have been in the pop yeah. The pop categories. Let's give her best dance album. Okay, we'll we'll throw yeah. that her way. Cool. Mm -hmm. Great award. Cool. And then let's put everything else in like urban traditional R and B. Like what? <laughs> her Rihanna? Rihanna is like the pop artist. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was that she she was regulated to urban. The thing is, too, it's not like they're all making the same kind of music. Right. You're only putting them in the urban category because they're black. Yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't be competing against each other in the genre. Absolutely, just because they're black doesn't mean that they're urban. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what is urban outside of you know a code for black? Yeah. Like I'm gonna be super one milli right now. This is the biggest reason why I have stopped watching the Grammys very much like the Oscars for me. Yeah. The Grammys 
will use black entertainment to get viewership, Mm -hmm. but they never want to really reward black entertainers. And that is consistent. Do you think it's like, like when you look back on previous Grammy years, like the 80s and the 90s, like, do you think it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like kind of like, like special or like a miracle that Michael Jackson won as many Grammys as he did for Thriller or that even like Whitney Houston was able to dominate in such a way with the bodyguard or even like, you know, someone like Lauryn Hill, like that was a year they got it right. Like, do you think all of those times when black people have won at the Grammys, like even like Stevie Wonder winning as many album of the years as he's had, do you think like the Grammys were... I don't know, want to say like more progressive back then, but it just seems like when you look at like the rate now of recent Grammy winners, it's just like, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like, well, you got to look at who won. Yeah. Right. Michael Jackson's thriller. It transcended race. Yeah. Yeah. The bodyguard transcended race. Mm. Stevie Wonder transcended race. Even Lauryn Hill, even though that was like a straight up R&B record with a few hip hop songs miseducation was everywhere yeah it quote-unquote transcended race so all of the like the big wins for black artists they got it right because they had to there's no way the bodyguard drops and whitney houston is dropping all those songs Mm. and they get nominated for grammys and it's literally the biggest songs of the year you know yeah and then they're like oh we're gonna give it to the cranberries or whoever was like in the right yeah, <laughs> the yeah. categories right yeah it would be like a huge slap in the face right? right yeah and although renaissance and like a lot of the stuff that beyonce has dropped it didn't transcend in the same way mm. beyonce is huge right right yeah but she's still especially within the political climates she's still considered oh she's just that black artist mm. she could be considered that right yeah Let's talk about like post Super Bowl, how her performance had sparked Blue Lives Matter, all of that stuff. Like she is very much still looked at as that's the black artist Mm. right there. Uh Beyonce is black. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard because, yes, in those moments like Lauryn Hill, Whitney, Michael, there was these big moments, but there's also these other big moments that didn't get it shine to. Yeah. Like when we talk about Janet and Mariah and, you know, there's a lot of those moments Yeah, where you're just like, wow, they could have been doing more Rihanna. Right. Yeah. But I've said this in a previous episode, the music industry is still the most segregated form of art still to this day. The way we listen to music, the way that we celebrate music, it's still very, 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 very much segregated. And we see it in the Grammys every year. Yeah. We see it with Beyonce. Beyonce specifically losing to white artists. It's horrible. Every every time. It's horrible. Every time. I know. Like, there's people dying, Kim. Like, I understand that. Believe me. I understand <laughs> that. But, like, again, it's it's demoralizing watching someone of her caliber lose yeah all the time it's not it's not it's not right it's not right and it's not okay whitney like (laughs) (laughs) but okay here's radical me right now can you imagine though if black artists alone non-white artists divested from the grammys so we're not participating music would not be the same without 
black artists, period. And so there's part of me that's like, I get it as black artists. We want the same things that we were told is like near and dear. And it's like high prestige, you know, like the Oscars, the Grammys, like we're told since we were little, right? Yeah. Like that is, you're supposed to get that yeah. right. But what if we all of a sudden said it's not important and black artists was like, we're not going to perform. We don't care about the Grammys. Cause obviously you don't care about us. Mm. You know, what if that happened? The Grammys would fall apart. Well, I feel like with each new year, it's getting closer to that point. It feels like it. I wonder if we're even at that point now. You would think. I thought we were at that point last year. I hope Beyonce doesn't ever show up anymore. I hope. You know what, Beyonce? The navigation system was trying to give you a sign. When you were stuck in traffic, Google Maps should have rerouted you to (laughs) In-N-Out. And like, you know what? Clearly, the universe is trying to tell me that I shouldn't be here if I'm stuck in traffic. (laughs) Reroutes, in and out. What do you want to eat, Beyonce? Are you more of a Five Guys girl? A habit, the habit? I don't know. Maybe the hat? All of you. The hat, yes. You guys, can we take a side note really quick? The hat? If y'all haven't been to the hat. Man, I don't even, is that a California specific thing? I want to say it's a California specific, Mm. specifically Southern California. Well, you're missing out. Listen, you guys, if you're not from Southern California, you ever make your way to Southern California, go to the hat. Go to the hat. Go to the hat. There's many locations. Okay. It's the big, meaty pastrami sandwich and the size of the chili cheese fries. Bro. Mm. And when you walk in, the smell. Mm. Yes. yes, The line is always long, but you're like, you know what? I'll wait. Right. It it goes pretty fast. (laughs) You're like, okay, yeah, all right. I understand greatness takes time, okay? We're all here for the same thing. The chili cheese fries, they come in the little cup holder situation, and they put the chili cheese fries in there. Bro, that's how big it is. Oh, my God. I love the hat so much. Oh, my God. Beyonce, you should have gone to the hat. Right. You should have gone to the hats of the Grammys. Yeah. I don't think she should go back to the Grammys ever. They clearly don't care. Like... They clearly don't care about her. No, they don't. They just use her. Yeah. And like, that's the thing too. It's like every time Beyonce is at the Grammys, they always build like, oh, Beyonce's here. Yeah. And all the people that accept awards. Oh my God, Beyonce, you're the artist of my life. I love you so much. Yeah. But do we award her as such? No. And I think this year in self-title, they were the most egregious for me. Hmm. I could argue for Adele. We've, we've gone down this route. We have, we have. I could argue for Adele that year, okay? Mm-hmm. Still think it should have gone to Beyonce, but we could argue for Adele. Mm-hmm. This year, though, it was just like, it was a clear winner. Yeah, and I, I, lo- I really enjoy Adele's 30 album. I love that album. I really do, but... Great album. This was Beyonce's time. Absolutely, easily. I will say, the loss that hurt me the most is still Lemonade. And I feel like I saw a screenshot of when Beyonce look at the people who are winning album of the year. She's like clapping. She looks like the most in pain when she lost Lemonade (laughs) album of the year. (laughs) Let me tell you, at least Adele had some decorum to be like, yo, this should have went to Beyonce. Yeah. You know, that made it hurt a little less. At least Adele was self-aware enough to know like it should have been Beyonce. Harry Styles getting on that fucking stage and being like this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so so nice thank you very very much 
white man <laughs> please get off the stage i was so confused when he said that like for me in my head i was trying to like simmer down and think like okay maybe he's saying that because he came from like a small town in the uk like you know used to work at that little bakery in the village he's from so yeah i guess technically maybe stuff like this doesn't happen to people like you from where you're from but in the context of you're not at your own concert anymore you're on like the world stage at the grammys and you literally just beat beyonce for album of the year a black woman who has been denied the award several times and she should have that award now and that's what you say and that's what yeah like that's what you said he's been famous for a very very long time yeah okay as a cisgender white man who has been in the limelight the way he has in the past year too for you to get up and to not be self-aware yeah like everybody was rooting for beyonce you could feel it in that room and then joe behind gets up there and acts like did you really think your album was better than renaissance sir sit down sit down i need you to sit down when you look at the context of like harry styles and how he operated in one direction like there were two people that were coming out of One Direction who had the upper hand because yeah. people were like, oh, these are the two that we want to see. Yeah. Become big soul artists. And it was him and Zayn. Yeah. And he was coming from like, One Direction was huge. It was like the biggest boy band of yeah. their era. So this perceived disadvantage that he has is like not really, right. it's not really valid in my opinion because he had a lot of advantage. And because of the nature of who he is, being Harry Styles and like he's one of the biggest stars now, like doors are opening up for him, not just in music, but in other industries, too. This, again, makes it more <laughs> egregious because it plays back into racism, right? It's like white fragility or no white mediocrity. You know, at the end of the day, I just really can't believe that we're living in a world where Harry Styles has now an album of the year win. And Beyonce has yet to win. And Beyonce doesn't. That's the world that we're living in. This is why this is the bad place. I don't think she's ever going to win. In the same way that it's still shocking that Mariah doesn't have record of the year. Yeah. Oof. That's crazy. Well, that's the show for today. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I did post on our Instagram story a couple days ago asking people to share their thoughts on the Grammy wins or not the sure. Grammy wins, just like the Grammys in general. So if you guys sent in your thoughts, I will read some of them now. Okay, so this is Lunga Zulu. This is who this person thinks should have won for the big three. So this person believes record of the year should have gone to As It Was. Okay. Song of the year should have gone to Easy On Me. Okay. And then album of the year, Renaissance. I'm fine with that theory. Yeah. Me too. I'm fine with that. This would be a very different conversation <laughs> right. if that's what happened. <laughs> Let's see. Ooh, okay. I got more on my personal stuff. Okay, so Kevin.g.17 just responded, album of the year, skull emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Alias Waz said, Viola Davis EGOT. Don't give a fuck about the rest. <laughs> Period. Okay. <laughs> Priorities. My friend Miranda hey. said, Harry Styles album of the year, dot, dot, dot. I don't see it. I don't know her. Al said, Harry Styles speech, and then the emoji, but like there's no mouth. Yeah. 
then he said, I need clarification of what people like him means. Tell us, Harry. <laughs> and then hello underscore Parihaka said, yours and Angie's thoughts on Beyonce's snub for album of the year once again. Well, that was the episode you just listened to. Period. So <laughs> um, thank you, everyone yes. who sent in your thoughts. There's not really much to say anymore. <laughs> We're just upset now. We're fuming. We're really upset. Like, <laughs> I, I will say, even though I'm upset, I'm not as, like, devastated and heartbroken as I was with Lemonade because mm. I truly thought Lemonade was going to be, like, this is this right. is the moment. This is her time. Like, yeah. this is the album that I could I could see, like, Beyonce won up in the year for Lemonade. Like, yeah. I thought it was then. I was bracing myself. I was hoping for the best, but also, listen. here we are. Listen, so. when I was, like, I was, like, joking half-hearted about Harry Styles winning, it was because I knew the history. Well, Beyonce, you are the album of the year at Diva Dailies. <laughs> For the Diva Dailies Awards, you are the album of the year, and that's the that's the awards ceremony that should matter. <laughs> yeah, basically. Album of the year, Beyonce's renaissance. <laughs> Diva <Yes>. Dailies. <laughs> Beyonce enters. <laughs> She's entering the Zoom. You know what, you guys? This was a very raw, honest yes. thoughts on the Grammys. The state of the Grammys, Grammys 2023, yeah. and Beyonce's relationship with the Grammys. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, Angie, uh, <laughs> um, where can the people find you on social? On Twitter, at PoetrySoul3. And now... On Instagram at Angie.Simone. Yes. And if you want to find me on social, I'm at INN underscore MHO on Twitter and Instagram. And in my humble opinion, on YouTube. Also, if you want to interact with the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Diva Daily's Pod, TikTok, Diva Daily's Podcast. And then you can email us, Diva Daily's Pod at gmail.com. Before we go, though, our next episode that's coming out is. Mm. the super bowl mm-hmm. and we're gonna see if um angie is yet again correct because for listeners if you don't know angie and i we have a little bet we have a bet that's been going on and for rihanna's set list if angie correctly predicts that she is ending on diamonds Mm-hmm. Angie gets to talk about whatever she wants. We get to discuss whatever we want for an episode. But if Rihanna finishes with We Found Love, that's my pick, then I get to bring a topic, anything that we could talk about. <laughs> if both of us are wrong, then it ends up being, uh, what do we say? We get to pick like two or three topics each to talk about. Yeah. And then we're going to pull. And then we're going to pull. And we're going to figure it out. I'm trying to find this tweet from Nikita Ray because Nikita Ray is a big Rihanna fan. And so he is familiar with kind of Rihanna's set list and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's seen her in concert several times. I'm trying to find the tweet. Hold on. Um, the four times I've seen. Oh, yes. Rhee. Yes. Read it, Angie. Uh, the four times I've seen Re. The closers have been Umbrella, Diamonds, and Kiss It Better. However, I also see We Found Love being a huge closer. I can see it in my mind very clearly. But Diamonds, Diamonds, I'm just saying. We'll see. 
We'll see. Did you see that commercial that they put out for her Super Bowl performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple Music, it's like the little girls. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. It is good, yeah. Well, we're excited. Hopefully, the next time we come back, we'll be in a more positive mood talking about (laughs) not just Rihanna's Super Bowl performance, but we're going to go back and forth talking about our top five favorite Super Bowl performances. Yes. I think I already solidified my five. I did not. Well, Andrew, I, I have guess mo- you have to get on that. Um, <laughs> I got to get on that. I got to get on that. I'm excited to hear what your top five is. I'm going to surprise myself and I'm going to be interested to see what my top five is too. Wow. Because I, I know what my number one is for sure. I know what my number one is. Too. For me, number one is like, it's so obvious, but maybe it's not obvious. i feel like like you would be able to guess mine but not at the same time it's janet we shall find out next week stay tuned listeners stay tuned Ooh, suspense ending on a cliffhanger that's what we're doing diva daily season three oh my god what's gonna happen you're gonna have to tune in to find out Oh my god. But with that being said, and remember divas. So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does. <laughs>